Yo, Dirty Bird Nation, what's good? It's your boy, Southbridge706. We have Gift Queen and we have the legendary Four Verse with us. This is Dirty Bird Nation Report. What's good, y'all? What's up? What's up? Just uh, ready to talk some shit about the Falcons now that we're uh, six and four and right back headed towards the playoffs. Yeah, so a couple episodes ago, uh, Gift Queen was very confused of uh, Four Verse was a male or female. As you can hear his voice, he is clearly a male. So we're glad we've uh, figured out this mystery. So we appreciate you having. Uh, having you on the podcast, uh, y'all follow him <laughs> at uh, what's your at? It's four verts. Yeah, it's at four verts. My my real name is Charles, and it's in my like it's on my Twitter profile. So I don't know why there's any mystery about whether I was a man or a woman. But it's, it's not my fault. I just <laughs> don't really pay attention. You know what I'm saying? I've been following you for a long time. I think like two two years now. I was just like, well, you know. I don't know. I don't know why. I just didn't pay attention. My bad. Well, I, I guess it's <laughs> yeah. the the stress that the Falcons give us. It just uh, warps our brains. So speaking yeah. of the Falcons, this week we had a quote unquote must win victory against the Seahawks. Uh, we we came out and kind of showed our ass the first uh, first half of the game. We looked like we were back to the old Falcons, scoring points at will, getting turnovers. Everybody looking pretty fresh. Uh, what were y'all thoughts in the games? I, I honestly. I was optimistic about this game. A lot going on. Sherman's out. Earl Thomas was out. Back in Seattle, the 12th man. We know last year we didn't get a couple of calls. A particular call against Julio Jones at the end of the game was clearly pass interference. Everybody's seen the pictures. Uh, so we were kind of, I was kind of worried that we were going to go in there and get hosed as far as uh, with the referees, but they seemingly called a pretty clean game on both sides. So what were y'all's initial thoughts on the game? It was like one of the few times with the Falcons that. I expected them to win this year and they actually pulled it out because I don't know. It's just, it, it, you, I mean, you guys know how it's been. It's been, been, it's been pretty hard since that Super Bowl. Uh, just you don't say. <laughs> just kind of putting faith and uh, putting real stock back into this team. But I thought that they were going to win just because, like, if you just look on paper at the talent advantage they had uh, with Seattle's injuries, it was just so tilted towards Atlanta. But, of course, they had to make it close towards the end, but they pulled it out. We got this. Either we got this or we don't. After the Cowboys and what we've seen so far this season, I'm like, you know what? It's a must win, but either we're going to win or we're not. So I wasn't, like, tripping too hard, except for when we got up 14 to zero. And then I was, like, getting flashbacks of the Super Bowl. And I was kind of flipping out a little bit internally and a little on Twitter. But I calmed down. I got more. I got more or less flashbacks to the first time we met them in the playoffs. I believe in uh, twenty twelve, if I'm not mistaken, where it was the whole thing with oh, you know, the Seattle's flying from the West Coast. They're not going to wake up to the second half, which seemingly they did because we they started to come back late in the game. But ultimately, we came out with the victory. But yeah, with this team, man, it, it feels like until it's sad to say that, but until we actually win the Super Bowl it's always going to hang over our head that, hey, you know, we blow leads at big time, which, again, is one of those narratives that it's not necessarily true. It's just something that's going to stick around with us. One thing that I'll point out that <clears throat> that I hate is that we have that narrative on us, and we'll talk about this later with Pete Carroll, but nobody brings up that horrible call they made in their Super Bowl, throw that slant pass and not run to Marshawn Lynch that essentially lost them the game. But we're going to hear about this 28-3 lead for the rest of time, apparently, so. 
Yeah, I, I don't get that. I think the Seahawks get away with that because they won the year before. And I mean, like, they blew the shit out of the Broncos the year before. Yeah, I think I could have won that game at quarterback as Russell Wilson because <laughs> he, he literally, the defense ran Peyton Man the boys out the field. It was crazy. Yeah, it was awesome to watch. And I think because Marshawn Lynch isn't making such a big deal about it, he's not all vocal about the crap that they just kind of let it go by the wayside. If he's not going to make a big deal out of it, and Seahawks players aren't going to make a big deal out of it, then they're just going to let it go. Well, they said that – I was reading that they said that that play call kind of divided their locker room a little bit. Like, they'd been having issues amongst the players and the coaches, like the offense and defense as far as with that, that play call and that decision. I personally think it was because they didn't want Marshawn Lynch, you know, get interviewed talking about, oh, what are you going to do? You've won the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm going to the Disneyland, baby, or beast mode, or say some crazy shit. I honestly don't think they want to see him with his dreadlocks, his gold teeth – you know, being the hero of the game, they wanted to go to a more clean-cut, quote-unquote, Christian Russell Wilson, who's out here raising baby future and, you know, being all these women's relationship goals, stuff like that. I, I just don't. That's Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I said something about that. And a lot of, a lot of my T.O. said something about that. They're like, they just, he didn't want to see Beast Mode be the hero of that game. He just didn't want to do it, even though it was a guaranteed y'all would win would win again. He just didn't want him to be the guy to win it all. Yeah. So, but to Russell Wilson, I'll give him credit. Uh, last week, he dislocated his jaw for a couple of days. He could only drink liquid foods as far as shakes and smoothie. I, I've never been the biggest Russell Wilson fan, but I do respect his grind. The dude is a baller. He's a gamer. Like, they have a lot of issues on the offensive line. They don't really have a run game. They don't have a true, you know, perceived number one receiver like we have, like a Julio or AJ Green. But he seems to get it done week in and week out. So I, I give him respect as a player, but I'm glad that we could finally, well, not finally get this W and, you know, kind of get our season on track. So, yeah, I think, I think, you know, Russ is kind of a cornball, so he gets slandered a lot. Thank but, you. Uh, um, you know what? Yeah, he is, he yeah. is a hurt. He is a hurt. He's a hurt, but uh, he's, he's kind of the only thing they have going for them on offense. So, I mean, I respect him as a football player, but he's definitely a nerd. He is. I, I'll agree. Because <laughs> a lot of a lot of women on my Facebook page is like, oh, I, I want to meet a man like Russell Wilson. Like, so you want to meet a cornball? Because there's plenty of those. Or do you want to meet a millionaire who's a cornball? Because that's two different stories. Like, oh, why y'all hating on Russ? He loves his wife. Bro, I seen a picture of him or a video of him in, in Baby Future after the game. There was like a full, complete, like four, four line paragraph of what Baby Future told Russell Wilson after the game. Perfect sentence structure. I'm like, bro. Baby Future did not tell you all this after the game. There was conveniently a camera around to, to record and take this this perfect family picture. Like, get the fuck out of here, Russ. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not with it. Yeah, people are oddly obsessed with them as a family and Future being, you know, Future. It's, it's getting weird to the point that people are obsessed with that. He has two dads. It's fine. They both love him. They both take care of him. What's the big deal? So, so Charles, what, what do you think about? Were you on? Were you team hashtag fire Steve Sarkeesian or what? What are your thoughts on us, Sark? Oh, I, I still am. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's gotten better for sure, but like especially over the past two weeks, I think you, you've seen some him see him take some strides. But he does get caught in like these dumb ass like like tendencies where. I think versus the Cowboys, he realized that Tevin Coleman is better used on outside run, which is, hey, it, it, maybe it took you 10 weeks to get there, but you figured it out. And then Monday night in Seattle, he calls like three or four of them on the same drive. I'm like, okay, well, 
we you know that he works well on the outside, but that doesn't mean you have to go back to it so many times in a row. Like that's that especially against a defense like Seattle where you have Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright, like those guys are smart enough that they're gonna figure it out after a while. But he's getting better. I still think that they're able to score just due to the sheer talent level of the offense and not as much as Sark, but like if they could get a guy like Gary Kubiak in there in the offseason, I mean, I would make that switch in a heartbeat. But he's getting better. I, I can't hate on the progress, but still, I don't think he's good enough yet. So one thing that I said last week as far as with Sark, that it just came to me watching, rewatching the game. I was like, okay, I think the reason that they brought in Sark and the reason I don't think he's going to go anywhere is because I, I don't think he's hireable as a head coach. With right. Shanahan, he was looking to get a head coaching job. Like I know with uh, Dirk Cotter, he was kind of on his way out the door, but he got him a head coaching job. Same with Mike Malarkey. He was on his way out the door, but he still got a head coaching job. Let's say, for example, Sark gets it together. We've seen the last two games. He's been pretty spot on with his play calling, personnel groupings, that he gets us back to our averaging 30 points a game. He's not going to be somebody that a franchise, I don't think, honestly, will take a risk on being a head coach. So that'll give us continuity at the offense coordinator position that we haven't had. Like, again, Matt Ryan has had, what, four or five different offense coordinators in career. You look at people like Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers that have had the same OC for almost a decade, which makes a huge difference with continuity and having that turnover and just things that you won't understand. You know, I get it. Matt Ryan's professional. He's a pro bowl. He's an MVP, MVP winner. But it does make a difference when you have the guy that you can, you know, Y'all can sit in a meeting, look at each other, and know, like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We have this understanding. So I think that Sark is unhirable to another team. Now, with the Kubiak thing, I think uh, Tribbles made a good point that even if he doesn't come in to take over as an OC, it'd be good to have him come in and, like, be a mentor or an advisor, kind of like, the you know, the reason, like, we have uh, four general managers. Just have people in there to, hey, this is what we did here. This can help us improve our team so he can help kind of get – Sark on the right track more than he is now because, again, Sark has no previous experience as an NFL offense coordinator, which is a big deal in the NFL. So that's that's kind of my take on Sark Kubiak thing. But yeah. he, he's been calling good games, though, the last two games. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah, for sure. And I, 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 you're, I, I'm right with you on – I mean, it was kind of a hard sell to get him here as an offensive coordinator. Uh, so I don't think unless, – unless they just go – crazy and average like literally 40 points a game next year i don't see there's any way that he ever gets an nfl head coaching job so i, I think that dan quinn just kind of looked at and said who's a guy that i can grow with that's never going to leave and oh yeah. well, here's here's someone where the optics would be so bad if they got hired as a head coach they literally cannot leave so i'm gonna roll with that they also he also has a loyalty to him they go back he's he's giving him a you know a chance being the nfl oc for a high powered offense He's he's definitely uh definitely getting on track. So I think we can do some some things with him down the road. So with this game, to, to wrap this up, what were y'all's big takes out of it? Are the Falcons back? Are we are we are we back in action? Are we gonna make this playoff push? What what do y'all think is gonna happen? I think we're back on track. I mean, we were here we were here last year with the same record, like around the same time. So I think we're back on track. Stark's getting his groove, unfortunately free is down. I mean, this game, our run game was a little, eh, we didn't oh, the run get game. as far. Statistically, the run game was horrible. Like, I think uh, right. Coleman had 18 carries for, like, 36 yards, so. Yeah, I think we averaged, like, two-point-something yardage. That's how some, some guy retweeted. I forgot to screenshot it, but 
that was bad, but I think we'll get back on track. I mean, Seattle's defense is good, so yeah, it's not like surprising that the run game was pretty much squashed. But yeah, I think we're back on track and we'll clinch the playoffs this year. Yeah, even though the run game wasn't working, I can respect that he was continuing to try it just to keep the team honest. And that I'm sure set up some of the plays, some of the bigger plays we had, because you have to keep running the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then open up those play action passes, like kind of the uh, like the one to Suiola, where he was essentially wide open in the uh, end zone. So, so I think Sark is he's he's starting to get together, starting to get together. They are back, and I mean, just the way that their schedule has played out, and like I said, NFC is shaking out. It would be some prime falconing for them not to make the playoffs at this point. I mean, they have. Uh, <laughs> They have tiebreakers over Seattle, Detroit, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, you got a game. You still got two games left, or yeah, two games left against the Bucks, uh, which should be two dubs because they're awful. I mean, you get to play against Ryan Fitzpatrick this Sunday at home. So, yes, thank you, Jesus. There's yeah. no reason for them not to be seven and four. Uh, you know, heading into those games with like the Vikings and the Panthers and the two games against the Saints, which are which are going to be tough games, but. I mean, with the tiebreakers they have, they should def- they're mathematically back in the race, and you know those two wins against the Bucks theoretically should should give them some of the boost they need if they can split a game with the Saints and pick up another dub against the Panthers. So I, I think they'll be in as a wild card team. I, I still think the Saints are probably going to win the division, but yeah, yeah, it's a I, I fully expect them to be back in the playoffs this year. Speaking of the Saints, shout out to the Redskins for not being able to finish off that game. Like that had to be the worst mismanagement at the end of the game. I well, not the worst, because obviously we have the worst, but that was top ten. Like, dude, you're in field goal range. Why do you I don't know what that was. I don't know if it was a missed screen call or somebody ran the wrong route, but he essentially got a intentional grounding, which took them out of field goal range. And the next play they had a uh, I think a strip sack fumble or something like that. So Shout out to them for not helping us out, but that's, again, one of the reasons why it's always good to be able to control your own destiny, not depend on other teams, because as you can see, you can't depend can't. on other teams because they don't know what the hell they're doing. So, Yeah, I, I, I roasted all these Redskins fans. Y'all know I'm in Redskins slash Ravens territory. I roasted the fuck out of them when I got to work the next day. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with y'all? They were mad. Like Nobody would talk to me. I was like, finally, y'all get on my nerves anyway. But I got on them. Like, come on now. You could have helped us out there. DC sports is like the same thing as Atlanta sports. They always break your heart when it means the most. I know. Uh, well, hopefully hopefully, <laughs> our, hopefully, our time is coming. But, like, yeah, like you were saying, our remaining schedule is, of course, next week we have Tampa Bay. After that, we have Minnesota. To me, Minnesota is going to be the true measuring stick for this Falcons team. I, I, I don't want to say – I can't call that one. That to me, that's going to be the, be the game that shows us if we're really about that life. Because, man, I, I don't really keep up with the Vikings, but their wide receiver core is out of control. Like that Thielen cat, that Thielen oh, cat be balling, dog. Like yeah. him and Diggs is going to be a big. Uh, this going to be a big uh, matchup for him and a true find Alfred. So, and their Thanks. defense, yeah, their defense ain't no joke either. So that's that's going to be a big game to us. But good thing they play inside like we do, so we're not going to worry about the weather elements. But I'm, I'm that's that's my game. I'm circling the counter down the stretch. I, I used to think we would have a problem with New Orleans, but after we've shown we can score 30 points and our defense is playing good, I, I think we have a good chance to, you know, maybe even sweep them again this year. So that would be that'd be great. So definitely that'll that'll be something to watch out for. So again, our offensive linemen got to get together because they're going to have their hands full against the, the Vikings big time. A couple of tweets I want to highlight. This is kind of the Dirty Bird Nation report report section because we're going to report on some of y'all's. Good, maybe bad tweets. 
Oh, one of the tweets that we saw uh, from Aaron Freeman at Falk fans. He said, y'all want to start, start running the Coleman up the middle. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I get it, but you can't just keep running them outside. You have to be, be, you have to keep the defense honest, but I get it in the moment. It looks bad, but you know, you can't keep doing the same, you know, outside pitch plays, sweet plays every play, especially when fucking the and the boys are out there getting whipped. So also we have, this is probably my favorite tweet of the week. I'm probably gonna make this the uh, cover art. It's from uh, Cart. I don't know how to, what the fuck his name is. It'll be <laughs> on the cover, but he tweeted Sark Shanahan. And that was my favorite tweet of the game so far. Cause yeah, the offense started to look like uh, Kyle Shanahan was calling it, calling it again. So that, that's kind of what the fans were looking for. People wide open, making big plays, getting explosive plays, and, and looking like an offense that can't be stopped. So I really, I really enjoyed that tweet. Also, we we have a boy Kevin Brown, uh, Kevin, at play at KB. He, I have teetered on the edge of blocking him, but I, he hasn't really given me a reason to block him yet. Besides him being hella annoying on Twitter, is this so, a dude that has like the cartoon Avi of himself? Nah, nah, nah. This, no. is, this is a different guy. I'm sure you've seen his tweets come across time. Like, I don't know. People just love retweeting this guy. But he said, every damn game where the offense can close it out, Matt Ryan takes a sack. Huh? Laugh my ass off. I'm so sick of it. Because, of course, the only sack we took of the game came at the worst possible time at the end of the game we're trying to close it out. Now, KB, bruh, Matt Ryan cannot block for himself. That's I don't, I don't, this is where I tell people on the podcast, like, y'all got to watch football, dog. Like, I understand some of y'all getting hot takes off, but that just, that just makes you sound stupid. Like, y'all, those are the kind of fans that get blocked when you're just talking all kinds of wild shit that makes no sense. Like, Matt Ryan played an excellent game. He's actually the top rated quarterback of week 11, according to PFF. But you want to get on him about his office linemen who have been shaky all year. Let's, let's be 100% clear about that, that he took a sack at the wrong time, like, bro, come on, dog. Yeah. Fall back. And I think, like, it was Sheldon Richardson versus Wes Schweitzer. So you have literally one of, one of the best defensive linemen in the league going against, this, like, a former six-round pick from last year. What do you expect is yeah. going to happen? It's like what Grady did to uh, whoever that poor right guard was for Seattle. He just whipped him and Ooh, got Boy, I've seen, I seen a, gift, a gif today of him. He's, man, that dude is an animal. Like, he's only rated, like, middle of the pack on PFF. But I'm like, if he's middle of the pack, who is number one? Because that dude is an animal. Like, we truly – that was – that might be one of the best picks Dimitrov and Pioli, those guys have made. Like, I mean, of course, Julio, but who doesn't make that pick? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the fifth round, though, that's like – yeah. I, I was saying that, like, just for where they got him, that might be their best draft pick in a long yeah. time. Yeah, he, he definitely was a huge steal, but – yeah, come on, guys. Let's 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 give let's give him a break. I mean, you, you saw what Akeem Nix did the West Weiser with the Bears. Like he punished him the entire game. So let's not put that at Matt Ryan. But even with as bad as they block at times, Matt Ryan still being efficient with the ball. He's not really he's not himself throwing bad picks. He did have that one bad pick against the Bills, but ninety percent of the other picks are picks that have bounced off a combination of Sanu and. Hooper's hand. So, but it's interesting. I know a guy tweeted on Twitter that the most 30 point games against Seahawks since 2001 have come from the Falcons. We've had four 30 point games against them. Cardinals have had two, and the 11, another 11 teams have had one. So, I guess we're just a bad matchup for them. I'm going to apologize again mm-hmm. to, Justin, to Justin Hardy. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not I'm not one of the guys that deletes my tweets. If you search through my tweets and look up Justin Hardy, I've continuously like <laughs> like, hey, where's Justin Hardy? Where's Justin Hardy? Where's Justin Hardy? I even questioned if Justin Hardy would make the team after watching the preseason because it, it seemingly at times he's never there. He's never targeted. He's not in the game. Like, where is Justin Hardy? But the last two weeks, Justin Hardy has been the hands of truth. Like he's been holding it down. He made a big, awesome clutch catch early in the game. Obviously, kind of right. touchdown pass last year. He made another big catch in the game. Strong pass interference. He's after really, he's really trying to be our third receiver. And Justin Hardy, I appreciate that. I really do. So I will, I will eat a little bit of crow. I'd never really straight up said he was garbage. I just want to see him do the things that he's doing now. I don't know if they didn't scheme it that way or he hasn't been getting open, but I, I want to see more of this. I want to see next week Justin Hardy continuing to make clutch catches and big plays for us. So shout out to Justin Hardy, man. He's he's probably going to be my player for the game. I mean, just me personally, just because I, I want to see more from him. So I appreciate that from him. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. I think I think he's a guy that like if they don't give him a second contract, I think he could be a number two receiver for some teams. Are you really? I mean, I don't know because remember when uh, Julio and uh, Sanu went down against the was it the Bills? Yeah, it was the Bills. He didn't really he didn't really pop off the screen too much because like if you look at with like Harry Douglas, I mean, it was two starters out, so it's going to, the coverage is going to be a little bit different. But even when when Harry Douglas had to play as the number one, you know, he actually played pretty good. As much yeah. as, as much as people hated him, he actually, <laughs> you know, that actually got him signed in Tennessee, where he actually did absolutely nothing. But I, I hope I hope he is the third receiver we're looking for. Also on the receivers, I, I don't understand why they allow uh, Taylor Gabriel to play outside receiver i get it that's his position it's probably like a, a source of pride for him being under six foot playing the outside position but dude like let him make make him play slot make him play slot there, there's no nickel or linebacker that can keep up with him on a pass route let him be our version of wes welker like why why can't we have nice things why can't we do that that's that's what i want to see you know he he takes pride in being that outside guy and uh you know God bless, but I I'd love to see him match up inside on nickels and linebackers. So. Yeah, same. Also, speaking of Taylor Gabriel, I don't know if he doesn't prefer to do this or he's not good in this, but kickoff returns. So let's talk about kickoff look, returns. So I'm ready. Andre, look, Andre Roberts might have been the MVP on uh, special teams and the worst player on special teams in the same game. Like that first kickoff return he had really set the offense up big time, got us up. Gave us confidence, got us pumped up. Pause. <laughs> pumped up when he had all that goddamn space, Look. and he decides to pause and run right into the fucking what is it? The kicker, whoever kicked the fucking ball, he, he just ran right into him. What were you doing? Were you showboating? Were you trying to be like, I oh, I can get past this little short guy? Let me just stop in front of him. What, what were you doing? Look, man, life comes at you fast. I'm not going to be mad at anybody who gets us to the 50 or across the 50 on a kickoff. Not, I am when he could have got a touchdown, but he was playing around. I, I don't I don't think he was playing around. I think he might have got gas. Maybe he didn't think he was going to make it that far, but again. Gas? Boy, if you don't take some deer what? antlers energy <laughs> well, drink you know what, and bro? run your butt into the freaking field goal, whatever. End zone for a touchdown. I'm sorry, I'm tired. It's been a long day. Into the end zone for a touchdown. It's not playing with my life. 
Look, okay, all, all, all I'm saying is I, I appreciate that he actually put us some work in us because that's 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 essentially what we wanted. Like give Matt Ryan a short field, give us a short field, and allow us to you know get after defense really quick and really often. But I'm not going to be mad at that. But in the same breath, bro, you can't you can't fumble kickoffs at critical moments. Like he he literally could have lost his game. He pretty much gave the momentum all the way back to Seahawks with that fumble. So we can't have that. We really have to get better. I know special teams on both sides play like trash, but we can't we can't have that. Especially on the day the, the Georgia Dome was imploded. That had been the wrong time. This would have been the wrong time for us to lose this game. Like it yeah, this the twenty the twenty eight three jokes are already flying continuously. We can't we couldn't have lost a game like that. We gonna get with a with a an implosion of the team per se. So just uh, special teams, I'm, that's one thing I'm be looking for next week for us to get that back on track. Uh, people on Twitter are calling for Keith Armstrong to be fired. Again, sometimes we don't have good days, but, you know, we just have to get better every week, man. Sticking on special teams, I know I alluded to this earlier with uh, Pete Carroll and their terrible call in the Super Bowl. What were y'all's thoughts on that uh, fake field goal? Uh-huh. I, I, I left four, four verse. What, what, were your, what were your thoughts? <laughs> Uh, honestly, I, I, I mean, at the time I was drunk as hell when I was watching the game. So I thought it was hilarious. Oh, oh my goodness. But then, uh, when I went back and rewatched it, uh, yesterday, it actually made like a lot of sense. Like if you looked at how they had, how the Falcons were playing it, uh, like there was, if like if Brady Jarrett doesn't make that tackle, they can walk into the end zone for a touchdown because like they had the blockers set up on the second level for the linebackers and the defensive end kicked out, but Brady just made an unbelievable play, like to cut back across the formation and make that tackle. Because if he didn't, that was that was easily going to be a touchdown for Seattle. So, like I, I got, I get the play call uh, for Seattle, but Atlanta just had better execution on the play. I, I agree. I, if they, if Grady didn't see that, I'd been cussing, yelling at TV, probably drunk in the next two seconds after that play. But you know, thank God we got Grady Jarrett, and my favorite part of that play. Is when he leapfrogged over him after he tackled him. I'm again. I say this on the podcast. I'm not the kind of person that will, you know, judge a play based on its results. I will base it on the kind of decision. So regardless if they would score or not, I thought that was a, a horrible play call. Only only reason being is, again, take the points. If I'm not mistaken, you're, they were down at the time, and you're getting the ball at halftime. And an even bigger note, at, at the end of the game, as you see, they could have been kicking to win the game instead of kicking to go to overtime, which they obviously missed. So I, I didn't really get that. And with that play call, I kind of see now where uh, Dan Quinn gets some of his uh, bad game management and play calling from because he you know, probably inherited from uh, Pete Carroll because that, that just didn't make any sense. Like I think with uh, we played Tampa Bay two years ago, we were down by a touchdown with like two minutes left. And instead of going for it on like fourth and goal, on like the one, we kicked the field goal. Like there was no way we were going to get the ball back out of that. Why not just go for it? So I, I, I'm kind of understanding where you get some of this game management uh, flaws from. But yeah, I, I didn't I didn't really feel for that play, to be honest with you, whether it was blocked or not. That's just too too risky for me on that riverboat ride shit. Like, nah, just, just take the points, go into halftime, regroup. But I'm glad he went into Seattle's old home, you know, got a W against his predecessor, his mentor. Yeah. That's a big confidence boost. I'm actually surprised that storyline wasn't as big as it should have been. But I guess since we blew the backs out in the playoffs, they really can't, you know, build that up. 
was actually at that playoff game last year. It was very, very good times. Very good times. So I, I'm assuming I'm not going to make any sense of that. Charles, have you been to a game with the Georgia Dome? I'd probably say yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been to the Georgia Dome. The last game I went to was the uh, the game where Roddy and Vic came out on that convertible at halftime, the versus Saints last year. Gotcha. Gif, what about yourself? Two years ago, Saints game. It was the last game of the season. Damn, was I at that game? Might have been. Were you? I don't know. I, I've been to been, we, been to a few. We lost that game. Oh, okay, I wasn't at that one then. I've, I've only I've I've only been to one Falcons game that we lost. I thought I was actually like the good luck charm for a little while, but yeah. So, what were y'all's favorite, I guess, moments at the Georgia Dome since the Georgia Dome is no longer in existence? I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm probably still gonna call the Mercedes-Benz Stadium the Georgia Dome. Like it, it is what it is. Yeah. Like, same. Also, I can't stand having the same stadium name as the, the Saints. Right. Yeah. Well, they said that it was a a licensing thing, I guess. So the Saints lose their license for that, I guess. It overlaps, so maybe not next year, but the year afterwards. So then we'll be the only sole team with Mercedes-Benz. But, yeah, they, they should have did, like, a fan poll. They should do a contest or something like that where the fans or somebody gets to the name the stadium. Because, like I said, it is kind of kind of weird calling it Mercedes-Benz. The only thing I think about then is Super, Super Dome and the Saints. So that that is kind of kind of weird. So uh, we'll start off with GIF, you know, ladies first. What, what, what was your favorite moment at the Georgia Dome? Golly, it's got to be, like, Every every game I went to watching Michael Vick four score five thousand years ago. Me and my dad, he would take me to the games. Sometimes we wouldn't tell my mom that we were going to the game. <laughs> She'd be pissed off because we'd be gone for hours. And watching just watching Michael Vick play, the energy in that stadium, you know, other little girls there, because not a lot of you know, girls when I was back then they weren't watching football. So it was like me meeting up with other girls my age back then and, you know, elementary, middle school, hanging out with them, cheering on, watching Michael Vick. You know, just the atmosphere. It was just a mate tailgating when I was little. The whole experience, you know, being a child and just being at a, in that huge stadium back then, it was like everything was in awe. The lights, the cameras, the cheerleaders, the football, like, it was all awesome, and everyone, you know, it's Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? Like, being in, in that old stadium in Atlanta, it's like home. Everybody loves everybody. Everybody's friendly. Everybody can afford the tickets other than, than the new stadium. But that's not either here or there. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Look, we get we get free refills. You know, we get, like, what, dollar hot dogs or something like that. We're trying to be, we're trying to be a transcendent league with our pricing, you know. Drinks are expensive. It's hard to take, you know, a full family to the game. You know, Arthur Blake is trying to give back to the people, so I can respect that. But I, I, I definitely understand. That. <laughs> yeah, so those are my favorite memories, like just growing up in the stadium. Charles, what, what is your uh, favorite Georgia Dome memory? Last year, when I was there for the, uh, I, like the Man of the Legends come back at halftime, it was pretty cool because, well, I was my phone was about to die, and I was like frantically trying to find a spot to f- charge my phone. So I like posted up in the corner of the men's bathroom because that was the only outlet <laughs> I could find. And I was literally just huddled, it, like drunk as hell in the corner of the men's bathroom trying to find, or, or I found like I finally found the spot and I was just standing there just like <laughs> saying what's up to people as I walked to the bathroom. I was just sitting there charging my phone like a fucking creep. But uh, <laughs> I, I eventually got enough juice to go back out there and I, I, uh, 
I got pictures of Roddy and Vic coming out on the convertible, like right as uh, I left the bathroom. So that was definitely my favorite Georgia Dome menu or wow. menu memory. Somebody is hungry, I see. So um, <laughs> quick note on that. So what I was hearing or read was the reason that they put Roddy White with him is that allegedly so Michael Vick wouldn't get booed. I'm like, I don't think Michael Vick was going to get booed in the Georgia Dome, but yeah, there's some people who no are still problem. really mad about the whole dog fighting thing, which is another yeah. topic for itself, but I don't think Michael Vick was going to get booed in the Georgia Dome. No, he was definitely not going to get booed. Are you kidding? Not in the Georgia Dome. Outside of, George, of the Georgia Dome, yes. In the Georgia Dome, no. Yeah, that's, a, like, that's another uh, story for another time. With me, I'll go with my favorite, uh, my favorite moment in the Georgia Dome. It's, it's probably two. One of them is super random, so I'll go with the non-super random one first. So me and my homeboys, we went to the Falcons-Eagles game. It was the first game Michael Vick was back at the Georgia Dome uh, as a starter playing with the Eagles. So, you know, <clears throat> ticket prices were hella high. I'm not going to say how much I paid for my tickets because it's way more than I should have. <laughs> but we rode out there, you know, saw Vick, and he ended up getting a concussion. And whoever the backer was came in and actually kind of played a little better than Vic, but we ended up winning the game, which is really good because, you know, Vic is always scary, especially at home in front of his quote-unquote fans because there's still people to this day who think Mike Vic is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. Those are usually people that I block immediately. Again, no slam to Mike Vic. I'm a huge Mike Vic fan. Back in the MySpace days, I had a Mike Vic, whatever the background poster things were. I had all that, you know what I'm saying? But Mike Smith – or. Sorry, Mike Vick cannot hold Matt Ryan's shock strap. It's yeah. it's not even it's not even a comparison. But my true favorite memory of the George Dome, something I will never forget, and it's kind of it's kind of stupid. But I don't know what game I was at, but I know Roddy White caught a touchdown pass, and they started playing so icy in the George, <laughs> in the George Dome very loudly. It was like so crunk. Everybody's turned up. I was like, oh shit, this is like. It was like a small moment, but it was one of those things like, damn, this shit is fucking live. Like, this is this is awesome. Like, this is this is what it's all about, man. We're in Atlanta, you know, Roddy White scored touchdowns. They playing so icy, man. I was like, yo, this is this is great. This yeah. is this is pretty cool. So that that's probably my 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 favorite moment in the Georgia Dome. So RIP to Georgia Dome, man. It was great times, great memories. Uh, hopefully, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium has more great memories with us. Uh, hopefully bringing a Super Bowl championship or a trophy there. I still haven't been. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what game I want to go to this year. But uh, I'm thinking I will probably go to the last game of the year against the Panthers because that could potentially be a play-in game. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully we do what we need to do early or earlier the rest of the schedule to not make it that way. But it's always great seeing, you know, Cam Newton. He's a great player, and it's a kind of a big game that means something. So the, the, the stadium should be rocking at that game. So – I think I'm going to be out there. So, you know, if y'all are out there, y'all listen, holler at me. We can link up. Might buy you some uh, cheap beer since uh, the drinks are pretty cheap there. So (laughs) give me a holler. I will be at the Carolina game. Yeah. Oh, so you're going to that one? Yes, I will be there. My father will be there too. So don't none of you heathens come up to me and say shit that I say on Twitter. Okay. I will be with my father. Please. So you'll be on your best behavior. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you already buy your tickets? Yeah, I got my plane ticket. Uh, my dad actually has season tickets. So I told him either he's going to let me go to a game on his season tickets or I'm going to take them. Oh, well, shoot. And so 
he knows I'm crazy enough to do that and to buy a plane ticket and, and go. So he was like, okay, we're going to go to the Carolina game. So got my plane ticket and I'll be there. Oh, shoot. We might have to link up before the game. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to come yeah. to that game because my uncle lives in Atlanta. So we lives in uh, Swanee, well, outside of Atlanta. Which Swanee, if you've never been there, Swanee is very nice. I didn't know places like that in Georgia existed. So Swanee's over there in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hella nice. So we're going to finish up with our predictions for the Buccaneers. Without- oh, wait. I, I got to get this lady. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this, uh, again, so, guys, this this is why you have to block people immediately when they say something stupid about the Falcons because you have no idea what they're going to say next. No, this lady, it's Lindsay OK. Now, for those of you that don't know about this mayonnaise cotton ball <laughs> woman, she has been attacking the Falcons for the last like two years now that I've known of her existence. She has like 9,000 followers and she has a blue check mark to her name. She's a Ravens fan. So why she's obsessed with the Falcons, I don't know. But she's been a fucking Russian robot for the last couple of years. I have no. Well, hold up. Before you get to the negative news, start off with the positive news. Mr. PED is gone. Okay, not that. That's, you know what? I'm actually kind of mad about that, but we can get to that in a second. Start out with the real positive news. Oh, if you guys don't know already, which you should, Matt Ryan's swimmers can swim. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> And Sarah is pregnant with twins. Yay. R.I.P. to sleep. So there you go. R.I.P. Twins. No, and no they sleep. were having, yeah, no sleep for them. They're having difficulty getting pregnant. And she finally got pregnant. So she shared the news with all of us. And we were very happy. But this white she-devil was not <laughs> happy. Yo. Yeah, yeah. This bitch said she is she hopes the children are born on 328. 328. That means babies are gonna come out premature. <sighs> oh. Google preemie babies oh. Oh. and uh, sure, sure. all that. Did, did you did you did you see this? Yeah, I did see it. Look, what were your thoughts on this? Oh man, I was just I was just like uh, well, I'm, I'm kind of friends with Lindsay, so I was just like, oh, here she goes, just trolling again. So I just kind of ignored it, but then it it, <laughs> it really blew up because I didn't even realize, like, like when the babies were actually supposed to be due. So, like, when she said 328, it was like, oh, that was a joke about them being premature on top of the Super Bowl. So I was like, uh, I'll just let Falcon's Twitter kind of handle this one. And they, <laughs> they have yeah. definitely been her out of the paint for, like, the past 24 hours all over my timeline. Yes. yes. Shout out to Falcon Twitter. Falcon Twitter is like this is this part of the reason that we're doing this podcast. And I love this podcast. Falcon Twitter is like live. Like I don't know if any other team's Twitter is like this. I know Jacksonville Twitter is trying to peek their heads out. Jack Jack Twitter is is pretty crazy too. But like the Falcon Twitter and Jack Twitter got to be the top two in terms of like intertwining their sport with like real life mess. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I get it. I, I know people were mad about it, but. 
I'm not agreeing with her. I'm not taking her side. I'm, I'm just saying that I personally, I don't know the lady, you know her. I, I don't think that she was trying to make a premature joke. Like, again, she is a woman. You know, women are very, for the most part, kind of maternal. They're very sensitive about things like that. So I, I don't think that she would wish that on another woman, me personally. But at the same time, let the 23 joke die. Like, come on, your, your quarterback is Joe Flacco. He's hot garbage. Y'all's team is garbage. And you're not a top elite, quote unquote, quarterback. But like, it, that wasn't the time to get that hot take off. You didn't need to do that. Like, again, I know you're trying to be creative. I know you're trying to be funny. But that that's something that, especially with them having issues, which I didn't know about, uh, that's, that's something that you, you kind of just got to like, hey, you know, you put that, you type that in Twitter, you look at it, you laugh to yourself, and then you hit drafts. You just let that one stay in the drafts. You, just, you don't let that one yeah. off. So yeah. you, you kind of can't do that. It's children. It's babies that are trying to develop. She triggered a lot of people that had premature babies, had miscarriages in the past. Like, lady, I know 28-3, y'all love it. Okay, we get it. But keep people's children out of it, you back of the receipt looking bitch. Oh. I don't care. It, this, these are children. Oh, it's just a joke. No, you don't joke about anyone's child. Anybody's child, especially since they've been having difficulties. Like, you just don't joke about a pregnant woman's child. That is tasteless, and your excuse is piss poor. Like, I don't, I don't care. Oh, you guys should have gotten it. It was a 28-3 joke. No. Well, technically, she's she's kind of dumb because it, it would have been three twenty eight because there's no right month month this twenty like she really reached with with that and one. And then she did some fake apology like shut up keep your apology you meant it like it's worry about your own team worry about yourself and some fans did you know what I'm saying like they looked up your history and you got upset about something about some you know car crash or something. But I mean, this is a Twitter world we live in, you know. I mean, I didn't feel right about people talking about her, someone passing away in her family from a car crash and something Ooh. about heroin. I didn't feel right about those fans doing it. I don't follow any of those fans, I don't think, because I didn't see it on my timeline. And I don't think that was okay for y'all to do that back to her, just roast her for the paper towel looking bitch she is and keep the other people out of it, people that died and stuff. I thought that was in poor taste as fans of ours, but yes, her name is Lindsay. Okay, y'all can go block her, y'all can go. Y'all should have been had a block. Y'all should, y'all should have been had a block first and foremost. Like I, I, I've been had this person blocked for a long time, so. Yeah, I needed yeah, her. The, the- the jokes, like the, the stuff about the heroin. Her brother did die from a heroin overdose, so don't you don't have to go that far. Yeah, y'all don't y'all not do that. You can just roast her looks, roast her stupidity, roast all that. Don't roast heroin overdose, and I think her mother something about her mom. And no, I think Mario. I'm not going to Baltimore to go freaking fight this lady. First of all, I'm black. 
Nobody black <laughs> wants to be in Baltimore. Nobody in black wants to go to Baltimore. I'm not going to Baltimore. I don't step foot in Baltimore. And if you haven't noticed, they're going in like fucking soldier lines from door to door looking for whoever shot some police officer in the head. And you want me to go to Baltimore and find this white lady and beat her up. I don't like y'all enough to go to jail for any of y'all. So no, so I'm not going to do well, that. Also, but if I catch her outside of Baltimore, we might have some words, and I might sock her in the face. Well, also uh, the Freddie Gray thing. So yeah, R.I.P. him because uh, apparently, you know, yeah, no comments. So yeah, good things will happen to people who look like us in Baltimore. So, but right. uh, yeah, so y'all, I mean, again, don't don't cross the line with the jokes. That's just the bottom line. So, but to go back to a more positive note. I personally think that we will beat the Buccaneers. Hopefully we can put on a show to get our swagger back up, you know, level up a little bit more, have our confidence at the highest level going to the Vikings game where I feel we will need every, every bit of great effort from every player we have in mistake free football to get that W. I think that's going to be a really good test for us. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited about that matchup. So what are y'all's thoughts on the Bucks game? They should beat the shit out of the Bucks. I mean, <laughs> the yeah. Bucks stink. They got Ryan Fitzpatrick or QB. Get it done. I, I need like a two touchdown victory. Yeah, I think I already predicted that we would beat the Bucks in both both games that we played them with Winston. Now that we have Fitzpatrick, please, for the love of God, don't don't embarrass us because y'all have the tendency to falcon it up. But that is him, true. I. I think we got it without a problem. The way we've been playing, we kept the penalties down and down enough in this last game. We just have to keep them down in this game. And um, let's beat the pants off of them and stop giving us heart attacks like you did in this last game. It came down to like the last seconds. Please just beat the crap out of them. Let us breathe so I don't have to go back to the ER and grab my hair again. Okay, I didn't go to the ER, but I felt like I needed to go to the ER. Like my heart was beating out of my chest and I literally went upstairs and collapsed in the bed. Like I knocked out. I was like, y'all make me fucking sick with these heart attack games. Yeah. So, well, essentially it's going to be the Falcons versus the old Falcons because pretty much every old former Falcons player, coach OC, DC is with Tampa Bay. So... Jacquez Rogers still out there cooking. What Brent, Brent Grimes plays for the Bucks now too, right? Yep. Brent Grimes, Robert McClain, Jacquez oh. Rogers, Dirk Cotter, Mike Smith, Joe Hawley. Like they're all God, on the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much uh, the the Falcons Buccaneers train, like we used to have the Falcons Jaguars train of players. Now we have the Falcons Browns train. Browns one so far has been working out pretty good. We haven't seen what the running back can do that we picked up. Probably not going to because Taron Ward kind of was balling. And I think I said in the podcast, I'm a big fan of Taron Ward. So from how we played last year, and y'all are wondering why uh, Brian Hill didn't make the team. So you see right there, Taron Ward, he works hard. You know, he gets it done. He has a good change up from uh, Tim McComan. So I like that. We all are going to this game pretty confident. We should beat the brakes off of them. Yeah. But again, like we've all been saying all year, at least I've been saying, I think a GIF has said it, probably any legit a uh, smart Falcon fan will say that nobody can beat the Falcons. We we only beat ourselves. So as long as we don't beat ourselves and make mistakes and make boneheaded, you know, mistakes and 
uh, fumbles, turnovers, pass interference, things of that nature, offsides, then, you know, the world is ours, man. That's that's my final thoughts. Uh, again, y'all can follow me on Twitter at sound 706 Subscribe to the YouTube page. Drop a comment on Apple Podcasts. You know, retweet. Show us some love. We're uh, doing this for Falcons Twitter. We appreciate y'all. Y'all are the best Twitter in the NFL. So, shout out to y'all. Yep, and follow our Facebook. We got a Facebook. If anybody is on Facebook or know people that are on Facebook, follow our Facebook. It's the same as our Twitter. Uh, yeah, our YouTube as well. We're going to be on there, too. And, yeah. Shit, see y'all after the Bucks game. Oh, thank you, Forverts, for coming on and gracing us with your presence, even though you work for Bleacher Report and South Research <laughs> Unlocked. <laughs> I, work for, I work for Football Outsiders now, so. Football, okay. Football Outsiders. Yeah, we appreciate you bringing up the uh, property value of this podcast, so, you know. <laughs> Anytime. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, don't all right. Don't say that. We'll have you back now. <laughs> like yo, yo, what's up, dude? You trying to come by? Nah, but now nah, we appreciate yeah. it, man. Y'all go follow uh, at Four Verts or Charles at. He got an easy at Four Verts. Yeah. Y'all go follow him. Four Verts. That's it. Show him some love, and uh, you know, hopefully he reaches uh, his goals and achieves what he wants to achieve in the sports world and the writing world. So, yeah. Again, uh, you got any shout outs, man? Uh. Just shout out to the crew over at the Falcoholic because I think they do really good Falcons coverage, some of the best Falcons coverage you'll find on the web. So definitely keep up with that stuff. I know my buddy Alan uh, Sturk, he's been doing like all 22 breakdowns uh, over there since I started working at Football Outsiders. So definitely keep yeah. up with that stuff. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Does he, I love uh, him. Does he post all 22s? I think I follow him. I need Because I'll be looking for that on YouTube, but I can never find it. Yes, follow him. Uh, he, he does he posts, the gift reviews. Oh, yeah. He posts them on Twitter and then he, he writes up like a little article each week. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to definitely, I think I'll find them. I'm going to double check. But yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Shout out to you, man. So again, appreciate y'all checking us out. This is Dirty Bird Nation Report. And we out. See you next week. Rise up. Yeah. Rise up.